0: I had to put myself back together again. And I had no idea what self-love meant. And it kept frustrating me because in therapy, obviously, I kept going to this therapist and that therapist and the next therapist. And they all said the same thing. You have to learn how to love yourself. And I'm like, well, how does somebody do that? And no one could answer the question. They're like, you just got to love yourself. I was ready to tear my hair out. But by the end of it, I was like, you know what? Nobody has the answer. That's the reality, isn't it? The reality is that everybody knows you should, but nobody knows how. So that really started my own process, where I wanted to find out what it actually meant on a practical level to love yourself versus hate yourself. So I started studying people who did love themselves, and I gotta tell you, like this is the most obnoxious process I have been through. Because when you hate yourself, being around people who love yourself, well, love themselves, it's like you're it's sort of like. Let's say that you were starving to death in some African country and then, like, someone flies you over to an industrialized country and you go into a grocery store and you realize they throw, like, a thousand pounds of food away a day. It was that kind of feeling. It was like, you know what? I can't have what these people have. And I'm really... I just... I don't get it. But I studied the differences between the way that they live and the way that I was living and other people who were in a state of self-hate were living. And it worked. So the first thing that I noticed is that they prioritize the way they feel above absolutely everything else. That's the most critical thing to get. A person who loves themselves says, hmm, do I want to do the dishes, or do I want to watch a movie? Which would make me feel better? Movie, and then they do it. The person who hates themselves lives according to shoulds, which is why basically the pillar of how to love yourself revolves around the way you feel. More importantly, caring how you feel more than anything else in your life. So that began that process. Then, I was sitting watching a movie one day. This movie was all about water and how your thoughts affect water. Now, as an extrasensory, that's something I can actually visually see. The fact that when, when you influence water with any kind of energy, even though it stays H2O, the way those molecules are organized changes based on the influence the water is near. And so I thought to myself, my gosh, that's genius. I don't love myself, and frankly, when you really hate yourself, you can't think one self-loving thought. So like to think, if you hate yourself and to think, I love myself, all that does is make you more aware of how much you don't. I mean, it makes you feel 10 times worse. So I couldn't use affirmations, none of that was working, and I thought to myself, like, what thing do I actually love in this life? oh my gosh, my dog, or my son, right? Because that's what the ego does. The ego basically lets you love other things and not yourself. It says, keep spending money, we're never going to let you get it back. There's no such thing as a withdrawal if it's going in the direction of yourself. So, So basically I thought, okay, so I can't love myself right now. But what if I focus my love towards my dog or my love towards my son at this water? And I just hold that focus as intensely as possible for... Two minutes Because that was all I could manage at that time And then it's like It was like the moment of truth I stand there with this water And I could actually see the vibration It's like a real high vibration I'm like shaking Okay, I'm going to drink the water, right? Because that's the best way In this, I, this book I actually call it the Trojan horse Because that's what you're doing You're convincing the ego, essentially That you're loving something external So the ego goes That's okay You can go ahead and do that But then you're like, psych You know So basically, I'm shaking and I I drank it. And I gotta tell you, the reaction was insane. It's the vibrational dissonance between self-love and where I was that made me sicker than hell. I literally hit the floor. I was shaking. I was like, oh, that is so wrong. It is so wrong. Like everything in me just revolted and I cried for probably an hour and a half. But I decided, like, you know what? No, I'm going to learn how to do this. I'm going to force my body to do this because I'm in such a vibration of self-hate. My life is destroyed. So I kept doing it day after day. And after about a week, the way I felt about myself started to change. For the first time, and it's little things. You don't even really notice them at first where it's like I looked in the mirror and for the first time I wasn't picking my face looking for imperfections. And it was like, oh, wait a minute. I just brushed my teeth and went to bed. I've never done that before. So it started to dawn on me that it was actually working. So basically, through this process, I figured out the solid differences between self-hate and self-love and how to get somebody from a vibration of self-hate into a vibration of self-love, not by forcing yourself, not by lying to yourself that you love yourself when you don't, but by actually just applying these these changes to your life that cause you ultimately to be in the vibration of self-love. So I'm treating self-love in this book a lot more like something that naturally unfolds as a result of doing prior steps.
1: People will make you feel and they will set you up, which is what upset is, set up. It's a setup. Yeah, people will set you up to feel the way they feel around you. The way they feel, that's how they will make you feel. Now, uh, um, long term, obviously, uh, uh, not to say that you should take responsibility uh for how uh, other people make other people feel you can't take responsibility for how they feel. You only leave the abusive relationship when you become aware that you don't deserve that type of behavior and that you deserve to you deserve to, to live. So most victims are trauma bonded. Which means that uh, physically, they are physically bonded to the abuser um, as they uh, are inconsistently and intermittently relating to them, which means hot and cold, hot and cold. And the pleasure, when, because the high, because the low is so low, when uh, something remotely positive. Uh, happens so let's say the abuser uh is, which is actually in, in in the long run it's called reward they reward their victims um uh, something like positive like i don't know gifts uh just something that uh, in normal and uh, functional relationships is considered average and mediocre uh when they do something remotely kind of uh constructive because the contrast of the low to that is very high because the lows are very tragic yeah and cause a lot of pain within the victim there's actually a physical reaction that 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 that, that occurs which is uh uh cortisol is released and serotonin is uh, released so they are actually physically bonded to the to the abuser now when when the um they like it really they like it no they don't like it Uh, and i'm I'm going to explain why they think they have to take it and endure it because uh, this is the environment that they lived in uh, uh, as children and as a child, when you live in a specific environment and you, 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 um, um, uh, when you develop your cognitive capacities, you develop those cognitive capacities to suit and appeal to those around you. Now, if a child, uh, develops in a, in an environment where they had an antagonist in the house, which is normally the father, I explained this before. They will hyper attune and they will become something called hyper vigilant. And this happens very early in early stages when they're an infant. Um, They will calculate that person's move in advance in order to protect themselves and in in order to, to, to stay safe. So, if they grow up in that type of environment, of course, there will be a match later in their adulthood, there will be a match to someone who will behave like their dad, because that's what their nervous system is used to, and then you have beliefs, mental beliefs added, and, uh, you know, physical, uh, you know, behaviours, social behaviours, as, uh, you know, as kind of symptomology, uh, as, yeah, um caused by these factors so the nervous system is the most important one's nervous system because that is everything in relating to others and how you have taught yourself to survive around others if they were a potential threat to you so, um, um, okay. So the thing about uh, abusive relationships is that they don't start, uh, uh, they don't start uh, off as abusive or out. They don't stay, you know, the, the, uh, the abuser do, does something called grooming. Grooming. Yeah. Uh, it's where they, uh, observe the person's weaknesses, talents, skills, Potential, in order, in order, to um, um, kind of get an idea and curate whatever they can get from them. Grooming involves love bombing, worshiping this person, constantly uh, putting them on a pedestal. Uh, it's called uh, yeah, uh, uh, just uh, uh, attacking them with um kind of good feel 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 good like type of like uh, behaviors so just a lot of compliments uh I don't know things that they might like you know everything it's kind of like uh they, they you know favors uh taking them out gifts uh you know uh, surprises you know that are very pleasant and you know um yeah and then slowly slowly Gradually, uh, this is predator-like behavior. This is what pred- this is, <laughs> yeah. And then gradually uh, 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 they start bringing in and they start uh, uh, practicing something called devaluing. But this devaluing, this devalue behavior is intermittent. Because if it's intermittent and it's slowly introduced, then the victim doesn't really, it doesn't, it's not really aware of it. So then on top of it they use something called gaslight. Every time they devalue this person, they say things like no I didn't do that. You're mad. No I didn't say that. You're mad. So <laughs> what happens in uh, in in this person within, they start uh, gaslighting themselves. They start doubting their reality. What they heard, they didn't hear. What they think, it's not real. It's not valid. So they will literally think they are—they are insane. There's a film with, that was uh, uh, um, made in 19 in, in 1946 called Gaslight, which is the origin uh, uh, of the, the, the term Gaslight. So, in this process of um, intermittent devaluing slash valuing, which is not necessarily valuing, but worshipping, which is not really authentic valuing of, of the, this other person. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's uh, uh, deceiving, right? It's just not real. Um, what happens is, uh, uh, on, a, on an emotional level the victim becomes obsessed uh, which is something again that they uh, uh, studied many many decades ago uh, they've done experiments on rats and rodents uh, uh, employing employing intermittent uh, intermittent behavior and the way they become obsessed um, is um, because <sighs> the feed or whatever that is, whatever they're fed, yeah, um is uh uh because it's not consistent and it's it cannot be predicted then 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 the response the response that uh, this person has is, is out of control so they cannot predict whether this whether the, the, the devaluing or the valuing of, of themselves from this other person they cannot predict, in, when, predict it when this will come so because they cannot predict it and it's unpredictable they feel out of control whereby on top of it they doubt their own reality so uh they become obsessed so they will only focus on the abuser in order to, uh, because it's, it's easier, it's easier to keep themselves safe, and to make it more predictable, because making things more predictable involves less fear, and being less fearful, and the anxiety is reduced as well, so, um, um, okay, so then, from the intermittent, from the grooming stage, which is, uh, love bombing, and then you have the devaluing, which, this is where the real, it's all abusive, Well, this is where, uh, uh, they create an emo- a physical response in the victim for them to, to be physically attached to them long term, so this is where they, uh, uh, trigger, then they, uh, uh, so they make the person vulnerable, so they set them up, and then they, tr- uh, they, they, uh, um, trigger them, then they abuse them, So ways they escalate it, and then they, uh, um, they will either gaslight or apologize, and then they will reward the victim, and this is where, this is where the bonding, the, the, the stronger, the, the strongest part of the bonding is created, where they reward the victim, so this whole cycle, and then it, it goes again, and so, and then this is where victims lose it, this is where they doubt themselves, you know, uh, and uh, some of some of them will probably end up. They some of them end up in 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 a, in a psychiatric ward. Um, so this is the cycle. And then slowly, slowly, or sometimes very rapidly, from this cycle, uh, you have a, a graduation to only devaluing the victim. So in, from hot and cold, they go to cold and they abuse, 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 abuse. And this is where the victim uh, kind of, um, it's almost like from this, this brain fog of intermittent relating and uh, uh, behaviour, uh, it's almost like they, they're woken up, if I could say so, uh, to, uh, who this other person is and what they're really doing and what their character is like and who they really are. So, um, and this is, this is kind of the part where, um, a lot of, uh, anger is involved, grief, uh, hatred towards the, the abuser, uh you know, um, and uh, but this is very important this stage because this is where they can um, they start to detach and to withdraw from the abuser and their tactics. And um, also this is the stage where they might start thinking to leave. So this this process for some people takes decades and it's okay, because it's not their fault, so when you say leave it, leave the relationship, leave him, leave her, yeah, this is, that they have to go through uh, 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 an, uh, an entirely, uh, like, organic, and I don't know, uh, yeah, uh, of, of tedious, and painful, and cruel process, in order for them to be able to leave, so, Uh, also when you say leave them what you're doing you're gaslighting them on top of what they're already gaslit so you're trying to say that they should take responsibility for how the abuser treats them and for the fact that they groomed them they were actually groomed into uh into it so it's just very cruel to say leave them very very cruel and this is also what keeps victims in the relationship it keeps them in that relationship um because they're already constantly blamed and guilt-tripped to think that it's their fault for the abuser's behavior and and um, um um by you saying leave them you are reinforcing that blame and uh then they fully end up believing that they should take it and that that they deserve it and that they they're worthless so, do not say leave them. You could say things like, "Have you considered, not necessarily have you considered leaving them, but um, kind of you could try maybe not not directly uh, uh, using uh, um, I don't know you could try to somehow make them see some of the behaviors." So. Um, you know this is why we have a trauma therapists and uh you know specialized help because it's not that easy and uh yeah we need to we need to be more kind to people who are going through this process which is it's horrendous it's so it, it actually changes changes the chemistry of the victim's brain it does it's very similar to what addiction does addiction to like a uh, class a drugs uh it actually activates the same part of the brain intermittent abuse or intermittent behavior activates the same part of the brain that cocaine does reason why you know they're hooked it's called stockholm syndrome it's called trauma bonding so uh it's and it's much more complicated than leave some victims, uh, some victims lose their lives in, in these types of relationships uh, because it becomes very complicated. Because the abuser will become their their, their enabler, their drug. You know, they they could be um, they're not they might be not necessarily uh, physically and emotionally kind of uh, bonded, but the the abuser might also. Um, They might also, uh, uh, what's the word, Uh, supply them with uh, drugs, um, um, uh, cause them to uh, experience, uh, I don't know, put them in very dangerous situations around uh, unsafe people to even to increase that response within them. And, uh, um, um, I mean, they've done so many studies. They've done so many studies, um, uh, uh, on, uh, uh, on, on the Stockholm Syndrome. So many studies. Bitch, I'll tell you this, yeah? No, thank you. I don't want any unsolicited surprises. I have something called borderline and any surprise... Uh, severely, heavily triggers me uh, My, my cause me to have an attack uh, I'll tell you this Every day to These days Today I have to celebrate I have to celebrate that I don't do Listen, I, I don't drink I don't smoke I don't smoke weed And uh, No class A drugs No class, no nothing And uh, that is something to to celebrate and to be celebrated every day, eternally, infinitely. And uh, that to me, that is the ultimate success. Being sober and happy, sober, happy in my sobriety, happy in my freedom. I choose to be happy. There is no other way to live. And some people might say, how can you be happy? How does one... Readjust and turn their notch, notch <laughs> on and off uh, the internal compass. How do we direct our internal compass to what to happiness? Number one, give up on the happiness that other people projected on you and uh, the the things that they projected on you uh, uh, that they said that they might make you happy, give up on that, it's not what you want, reason why it never worked, number two, only do whatever makes you happy, and what, and if you can't think of something that so idealistic and utopic as happy, uh, then, then just chase whatever makes you feel better, chase whatever makes you feel better, if coloring your hair blue Makes you feel better Do that If uh, smoking a cigar Outside Sainsbury's And sipping straight brandy Makes you feel happier Better Then do that Um, If uh, Sleeping uh, outside uh, In Hampstead Heath Under a tree uh, On a, a, a Monday afternoon Makes you feel better Go and do that chase whatever makes you feel better and then things will get a little bit better maybe exponentially better because you will continue to only put your focus and to be positively infatuated and focused on what on things people places that that will continue to attract it do do people understand that we are magnets in this universe, and in this reality, when I say universe, I I know universe is very loosely used, just like terms, it's a term that's uh, loosely used, like uh, OCD, and uh, yeah, narcissistic, and uh, I'm gonna pretend I didn't see that, I just saw it, Um, so just chase whatever makes you feel better, And that's it. Thank you. Some people ask me, what do I think, um, about and what is my outlook on the, um, uh, the current pandemic we are in? And my answer is this. We are in a mass collective social experiment. Um, this is, uh, an afterthought, uh, experiment, um, that uh, was previously carried out in the 1950s and um, uh, very well practiced, especially after the Second World War. Um, It's the the experiment on intermittency um, or intermittent uh, uh, relating uh, and dynamic and behavior uh, and how humans respond to it. And I'll say this: Humans don't respond well. Human animals or non-human animals do not respond well to intermittency or inconsistency in behavior. Um, and um, the experiment previously was was done on rodents. Um, now, obviously, I don't support vivisection. This, which is what it is um experimenting on on uh, on uh, animals in in labs which unfortunately is still happening uh across the world especially in the u k uh around maybe four million different animals species of animals are non human animals are experimented on in in torturous experiments and uh um the experiment assumed uh, two cages um, and revolved around food um, and uh, food, food, water and sunlight uh, and freedom, freedom, freedom of movement, which is what we are mostly experiencing experiencing uh, is is a uh, limited and intermittency of movement and uh, uh, the right to express uh, one's uh, choice to move um so they had two cages uh, one cage um they so they had two cages with two rodents and um uh, it's actually the the experiment is on youtube um and they proved that by uh consistently so in the first week they consistently fed the rodents um one of the rodents, and um the rodent continued to be healthy, carried out you know their daily activity um, um you know uh, just showcased the uh, healthy behavior healthy uh kind of um, kind of structure in a day um, so uh, and a diversity of what they 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 could do um, and um, then the second week they stopped the food they stopped the food coming down the pellets c- coming down the tube so the because Uh, so after a few days, the rodent realized that oh, yeah, well, food is not coming anymore, so it's certain, it's certain because it's all about certainty, uh, and um, uh, how predictable one is uh, that the food wasn't coming. So then they readjusted their, their behavior around it, but they still carried out, um, uh, with their daily structure and, um, um. They continued engaging in their own behaviors that kept them sane, but they kept sane, weaker but sane now in the in the second in the second cage, they uh, uh, used uh, inconsistent uh, uh, feeding uh, and supply of food, so food would come at random times, so then what they found out was that the the rodent uh, the, the totally totally changed their behavior in a negative negative way they be they became obsessed they became absolutely frozen and obsessed with uh uh, uh trying to calculate and predict when the food would come and uh it wasn't uh necessarily about the food and, and you know uh the, the food itself it was uh, uh the, the the, the, the message of this experiment is the uncertainty of the movement of the act of this rodent being fed. So in the so they became uh they developed anxiety, depression, confusion, disorientation, they became dissociated, they stopped any uh you know n- normal uh, activities, they didn't engage in any social uh kind of activities, they didn't showcase any passion, any interest for anything else. They became obsessed and frozen which is what we are currently experiencing. This is what we are currently experiencing it's a very basic uh behavioral behavior related um uh, experiment and when you add in um i mean oh, isolation i mean these rodents are obviously caged uh, up uh they're isolated you know they they're deprived of uh basic needs like food you know or uh these needs are inconsistently met um food water um, and social, uh, contact, um, in certain, um, I guess, certain situations, but, um, yeah, that is the experiment that, um, we are currently living in collectively, and, uh, it has been very successful, um, and when you, um, Practice and uh, 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 as a, a government, government of the government of a country, when they also add in um, depersonalization of one's unique needs, interests, passions, activities that set them apart and makes makes them unique to other individuals, then you have dehumanized this individual when you have dehumanized this individual this individual will latch onto any unhealthy primarily unhealthy because that's what we learn in childhood uh some of us do have more uh, health have healthier coping mechanisms that are not unhealthy ones but mostly they are unhealthy when you so they will once dehumanized uh they will and the personalized uh, they will become vulnerable and self-destructive in their own uh, uh survival uh state that they they uh kind of fall into and um once vulnerable and in survival mode um um uh, which is either the fight fly or freeze mode they become obedient and uh that is the wanted result that this experiment has been succeeding at is to depersonalize dehumanize um weaken one's ability to cope and uh, become very uh obedient to authority and that's the drama that we are currently living in if you're tuned
2: into this and you're straight you're probably not a part of what we're yeah about. if you, yeah and if you've made it this far and your face hasn't looked like this like <laughs> then you're not straight mama yeah and you're just heterosexual was... yeah you're not straight you're just heterosexual you like the straights okay well let's break it down so <laughs> back in the day i went through a pattern in high school where I fell in love with a straight guy a sensitive straight guy who was an alternative fell in love with him, about five or six guys hopelessly devoted to, to you okay we yeah. were in a backyard by the pool like olivia newton john singing yes. hopefully yeah yeah and yeah. they were like why are you even at my house yeah. why are you in my backyard this, and then i was like strange <laughs> twist <laughs> of fate yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and then i got over it, i was like oh how many useless endeavors am I gonna be embroiled in until I realize that I'm wasting my time and I could go out and live my life like Gina Davis? I love Gina Davis. I do too! And she's also a um a very good archer. <clears throat> yes, and she's about 70 feet tall, and I believe she's a genius. It's like common knowledge that she's a genius. Genius right? Davis. <laughs> genius. Yeah. So when I think about straight people, I I I go to childhood trauma. Light trauma. I um I think about being, um, forced to play football. Yes. Ugh. That's a uh, Oh. Football? football? For what? For what? Basketball what i well, down, down, ball. Ball and down, down board. Board. But, like, F- I mean, football is the, the stupidest sport, sport in, the in the whole world. American football. The strike has definitely come on to me. They you it. sniffed it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's always alarming. And it's never in a situation where I'm turned on, about to be turned on, or like don't have somewhere to go. One time I was outside of a gay bar, and I told you about that time, that guy was like, can I go in, Alley?" You look pretty. Wanna And I was like, I gotta go. Yeah. I walked, then I walked home alone on foot. Oh, Very safe. Uh, I was chased by a FedEx truck. I tell ya, I have so many straight men. So many of them. And I- Do one, they know? Um, okay. Oh, <laughs> straight men, especially white men, they walk into a room as if they had built it. It's insane. But what do they say? Like, I want all the confidence of a mediocre, heterosexual white guy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Aside you, Ron. You are lovely. Yeah. Ain't nothing mediocre about you, baby. I did a lot of stuff with girls and I was always trying to like, I wonder if this feels good. That's, that's a red flag. If you're having that, if you're, if you're at home and you're making out with somebody and you're saying to yourself, I wonder if this feels good. Spoiler! It. it does. It don't, it don't like, <laughs> that is so it, sad. It's really sad, but you know who is sad for the girl. the girl. It's sad for the girl. Like why won't he think of me? Because he's wearing too many rings. <laughs> yeah, because he has acrylics. <laughs> what's your um? St- what's the straightest thing you've ever done? <sighs> I killed a guy. <laughs> That's very straight. It's very straight. Very
1: straight. Where are you going? I'll tell you where I'm going. I'm going to the forest. I'm going to scream. Scream my fear out. Scream my rage out. Scream my incapacity out. And then some people might say, well stop being so poetic. Of course, I am poetic. I have to, because I have to romanticise uh, what I'm going through and uh, the world at large. And you know, and then people might say, "Well, what is really happening?" They might ask, and uh, that's what I'm asking myself. Not myself per se. But when I'm asking myself a question, in reality, I'm asking you. And when I ask you, I ask myself, and vice versa, because I am you, and you are me, and I are the world. Am. Um, are. You. Are. And uh, I have to be a poet so I can cry my heart out and heartbreak out. And break out and um, resolve and repair because the drama and the tragedy is essentially not in uh, the argument and the rupture but in how you repair it. And, um, so many of us get stuck there Uh, it feels like I agree to disagree we agree to disagree but we don't really repair it we just distance ourselves a bit further and uh, I took a little bit of pain you take a little bit of pain we abandon one another and we feel even worse and the emptiness increases and the emptiness in between increases and if we are not careful we repeat it Hit the hit ourselves, uh, (laughs) we trip and hit ourselves and injure ourselves, and then when it's obvious enough, um, we uh, put ourselves back together. So, I have to be poetic because life is poetry and. sense uh, what is. And uh, the thing about making sense of what is is that you don't have to. Uh, if we don't beat our hearts, our heart beats. It's already done. It's already done for you. If you can't take me and... No. If you can't take me at my Anna Nicole Smith, then you don't deserve me at my Marilyn Monroe. Pfft.
2: Heaves, heaves. Yeah. What about trying to talk through it? We we're like, I just, I don't know. I, just, I don't know. I never saw this coming and I don't know what to say. I don't know. I don't know. What about arguing, scream, crying? I can't believe it. I said, what are you talking about? I never thought. Wrapping things up here at World of Wonder you got, uh, Listen, this is my stance on it mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel mm-hmm. You should, if you, the second you feel like you're going to cry Let yourself cry Yeah
3: People always ask me about my childhood Well, I didn't have a childhood So I'm living my childhood now I like fast men I like fast cars And I like fast food Anna, Anna,
4: glamorous, Anna, Anna, Nicole more uh, In Texas, struggling, saving, trying to get something. Then you use what you got in that, so I'm also being married a billionaire. So we were maybe able to do it. I'll disappear as
3: fast as you came Adam, 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 um, um. let's see let's say I hope I'm finding happiness right well for me uh, if I can realize certain things in my work uh, I come the closest to being happy and I can say that also about my life well it only happens I think in moments, sometimes when I'm working and uh and I'll be able to um uh, fulfill a scene truthfully and then I think I'm the happiest. Well I find it very stimulating to keep studying and working, um uh but it, i'm not just generally happy if i'm generally anything i guess i'm generally miserable <laughs> <laughs> i don't know sometimes. uh sometimes i you think like... i don't know i think sometimes i do sometimes i don't which is natural i guess for everyone um I would like to be more sociable than I am, on some days. Sometimes I'll chat when I'm not pleased, but sometimes the work itself requires uh, more, uh, that I'm quiet and to myself more. And other days, like during a musical number, I try not to get too, uh, uh, I'd like to be more outgoing because I have, that's what I have to express, and so I try to keep it general. I try to. Even if I feel like it or not, I'll try to make the effort to make contact with people around me. Yes, because I could easily be alone. It doesn't bother me to be alone. Some people I know, they, uh, they don't like to be alone. I don't mind
4: it.
1: Anorexia has the highest mortality of any mental disorders out there. Highest than Great Depression, uh, major, major depression, um, schizophrenia, any other mental disorder. 40% of sufferers kill themselves. Or uh, die of uh, complications that come with starvation, which primarily is heart failure. When uh, you start eating into your muscle, which is sort of something that athletes do, and um, some athletes and um, method act, act actors, Hollywood, some Hollywood actors for certain roles, they will starve themselves in order to fit a certain role, and. Um, when you start eating into your muscle, your the main muscle that suffers in your body is your heart, and because it's a muscle, and that causes something called arrhythmia, and uh, arrhythmia um, uh, c- consistently kind of maintained leads to uh, heart failure. Uh, not to mention all the other complications that come with starving, starving yourself, which is uh, uh, um, a definite osteoporosis, uh, so your muscles and your bones are, are not sustained by hydrated muscle and, uh, a healthy layer of fat, um, and, um, you have no calcium, no iron, you're anemic, you are catatonic, you're cold, you're sick, you're weak, um, you're prone to injuries, uh, you are just uh, trapped. It's almost like uh, the way I can explain it is because I have been there and I have went the opposite way and I went back, opposite way, went back. Now it's almost like I have a very clear and definite uh, image and view of what anorexia is and what it feels like. Um, and uh, it's almost like going, falling into a keyhole um or a dark kind of rabbit hole um uh it's sort of it's it's almost like you are falling into yourself it's very similar to alice in wonderland alice in wonderland is about trauma restoring traumatic experiences from childhood that's what alice in wonderland is about and um that's what it feels like and everything that you see because you're kind of you're you've fallen into this like dark well within you it's almost like the rest of you is at the forefront and you fade you as the the living being within you fade into the background and you see everything either very small or very large depending on the day so you see everything very small as if you're living in a toy house or you see everything very large very grand and um it's it's just scary it's really scary and it's not worth it it's not worth it anymore when i first started to starve myself it came with a free trial uh, because I had uh, e- energy to lose, like right from my body to, to 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 afford to lose, and weight that I could lose, and muscle. Now I was critical. I got very critical, um, and in- I recovered. I had another relapse, not as bad. And now I'm recovering again. So I don't, my body, I've done so much damage to my internal organs, stomach, bowel movement, muscles, bones. I have something called uh, osteopenia, which is the beginning of osteoporosis. And uh, heart arr- arrhythmia. And not to mention the most affected organ in the female body or, um, with someone or in someone who suffers from anorexia. Is the reproductive system, um, so uh, you you get something something called so your body will shut down optional kind of uh, functionalities and the first thing that it shuts down to restore energy um, is um, your menstrual period, so your capacity to have children, and um, I don't have. I don't have a menstrual period, so, um, and I didn't have one for a year, and then it came back when I started refeeding, but then I had another relapse, and now it was irregular, then it became irregular, and now it stopped, I don't know from here, I don't know, it's probably because I'm overly, super, brutally exercising, so, as I allow myself to eat something, I've negotiated on my eating disorder that if I eat something, then Uh, I'm only allowed to eat eat something if I uh, brutally exercise. And um, it's very common when you brutally exercise and you don't uh, uh, have uh, enough energy intake from food for your period to stop. So yeah, this is what anorexia is. Lovely, 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 lovely um, (laughs) disorder. Disordered chaotic disorder,
4: a little more belief. All right, um, why,
2: because y'all ain't never seen nothing like this before. Yeah, we have. (laughs) I (laughs) didn't want to
4: say (laughs) that. message que Look inside. Yes, yes, son, I, I want to kill you. kill
1: you, Mother, Mother, yes, son.